The goal of this series has been for you and I to get in touch with uh, just the reality that we are a very distracted people. We're a very distracted culture. And uh, because of that, as followers of Jesus, uh, because of the culture that we live in, there is a great possibility that you and I, because of all these distractions, that we're being distracted from uh, who God made us to be and what God made us to do. And we've been looking at this, uh, this topic, this series, through the lens of our church mission statement, which is uh, here at VCDC, we want to be a, a church community that is growing in our connection to God. Some of you are like, whoa. Uh, we want to be growing in our connection to the... Okay, it's a little... Uh, we want to be growing in our connection to our... Purpose. I was going to do a porpoise, but I didn't think, I didn't know how to do that. But then uh, today what we're going to be looking at is our connection to, uh, to our community. And when you hear the word community, don't, I don't necessarily mean just the community, like the, uh, the town you live in. What I, really what I mean by community is who are the people that you see on a regular basis? Who, you know, as you go about your daily and weekly routines, who are those people that you're you know, those familiar faces that you're bumping into all the time. You know, obviously, family, friends, neighbors, uh, people at school, people at work, people where you shop. I mean, that, that's, your, that's your community. Uh, and, and if you look at these four connects that I just rattled off, that, uh, and if you especially look at the order that they're in, what you'll see is that there's a very uh, natural flow to the order. And really, and this is in your notes, it, it really is the flow of the kingdom, the flow of the kingdom, meaning like the flow of God's, uh, God's plan. Let me go through them again. Now, you know, uh, the kingdom flow is that God uh, loves us and God is a rescuing God and it's God's desire to rescue every human being to connect them or reconnect them with himself. You know, to bring us back to relationship with our maker uh, and in reconnecting us with himself, he also wants to connect us with, with one another. The church is not a building. The church is a gathering of people. The Bible talks about us as, a, as one body with uh, lots of different parts, with Jesus as the head. <clears throat> and it's within those relationships, both with uh, God and with each other, that we discover the part of the body that we are, just how we function, what Heather talked about last weekend, the, where we discover our, our purpose. How does God want to shine through you uh, to those people in your community that they too would come to know Jesus, that they too would be reconnected with him? And then what we'll look at today, the primary place that our purpose functions is within our community. It's as we go about our daily and uh, weekly routines. And, and think about this, if, if numbers one through three are true, and what I mean is if, if you and I, if we're leaning into one through three, if we're leaning into them, if we're experiencing them, and if our lives are being changed by them, if our lives are being changed by our connection with God, our connection with the church, our connection with our purpose, a greater sense of purpose in life, well then doesn't number four just make sense? It has that kingdom flow that you need to tell somebody. That's, that's something that you have to share with somebody. And so let, let me ask you a question. Who would say in the last, looking back over the last year of your life, who would say that because of your connection to God, your connection with the church, your connection with a greater sense of purpose, who would say that your life has changed for the better over the last year. Put your hand up real high. Like, uh, 
That's almost, almost the entire room. Now, when I look at that, I go, so you're telling me that your life has changed for the better, that you have a greater, you know, a, a sense of God, of community, of purpose in life. Like, isn't that what every human being is looking for? Isn't that what we all hunger for? Isn't that, we, isn't that why we run after so many different things trying to fill what's being filled in your life? And so I look at that and I go, we have good news. We have good news to share. Like, it's, it, is it not human nature to share good news? Right? Like I, I remember once getting a phone call uh, from a friend and he was all worked up and I was like, like what is wrong? And, and he, said, uh, he said, what are you doing right now? And I said, I'm at work. And he said, you need to get down here because Chipotle is giving away free burritos. And uh, so I did what you would have done. I quit my job. No, I didn't quit my job, but I took a break. Uh, (laughs) But it is our nature. It's our nature to share good news. I mean, I do that all the time. I know you do too. If you saw a good movie or you had a a great experience or something cool happened in your family or whatever it is, it is in our nature... uh, to share good news, but as followers of Jesus, it's not just a thing of nature. As followers of Jesus, it is what we have been commanded to do. Jesus, his last words before he went back up to heaven, he looked at his followers and he said, okay, you guys, go, go. Go, you know, into all the world. Go to your community and share the difference I've made in your life. Go and talk about what's happened in your life, you know, over, over the last year and, and uh, go share, you know, the, the, the difference that I have made. And, you know, for many of us, when we talk about that going part, for many of us, that's where the struggle comes in because we like the, you know, we're talking about the kingdom flow. We like the flow into, but for different reasons, we're, we get a little nervous about the flow out of. And so let me ask you a question. Uh, what happens, if you have a body of water, what happens to a body of water if you only have a flow in and no flow out? It stagnates, Diego, with the bomb, with the bomb. 15 points. Yeah, cost of living. Listen to, listen to this, it stagnates. Did everyone hear that? Last night someone yelled out, constipation. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, thank you. And it wasn't, yeah. So wait, let's, let's keep to the notes. So look at this definition of stagnate. Listen to this. This is important. To cease to run or flow, to stop developing, growing, progressing, or advancing. That's not the kingdom flow. The kingdom flow is that, that uh, God would flow into us and flow out of us. And so today as we, as we go through these points, God wants to get at the distractions, the things that are maybe stagnating you. He wants to remove those distractions from your life and mine so that the flow of the kingdom will move uh, through our lives to our community. So let's, let's pray and then I'll jump into the notes. So Lord, we thank you for uh, your presence here. Uh, we thank you. Uh, I just love, uh, it's so, uh, so life giving to worship you together. Lord, as, we, as we're declaring how wonderful you are and how amazing you are, it's just your presence is here. You're with us. And it's just, you just exude life and hope. And I pray today that you would uh, just continue doing what you're doing way beyond my words. I pray that you would uh, just be coming, uh, uh, interacting on a real personal level with people. Lord, we welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to jump right in. Number one in your notes is uh, called and equipped. 
Okay, so everything I'm talking about, keep it in the context of, you know, connecting with your community. So called and equipped. And uh, the first distraction we're gonna look at is a sense of, uh, sense of inadequacy. And when we talk about connecting with your community, looking outward, many of us, it stirs up a sense of uh, inadequacy. Uh, uh, you know, and, and if you're familiar with the story of Moses, uh, we have a very similar response to him when he heard God's plan for his life. We, we, we uh, let out a very hearty, please send someone else. Uh, uh, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, most of us, when we, when we, we think or we, we think we don't have what it takes to be used by God. There's that sense of inadequacy. We don't think we're smart enough. We don't think we know the Bible enough. We don't think we know God enough. We don't think we're, we're fixed enough. We don't think we're holy enough to be used by God. And we feel confident and equipped in lots of different areas of our lives. But when it comes to, you know, connecting with our community or whatever, being a witness, evangelizing, all these different ways of saying it, uh, we get nervous and there's a sense of, inadequacy gets stirred up. And one of the things about God and his ways and just the ways that he works that has been an ongoing uh, encouragement to me is the type of team that God calls to do his work on earth when you look in the Bible. Uh, I've always found this so encouraging. I mean, think back, think back to middle school and you're in gym class when they're picking teams. Remember that wonderful time when you've got two captains and then the rest of you are lined up and that anxiety starts to roll in. And for some of you, uh, the anxiety is a question of when will I get picked, right? We just, uh, the NFL draft is going on. I mean, the earlier you're drafted means the better you are. So for some, the anxiety is when will I get picked? And then for others, and I, uh, uh, I may be stirring up old wounds here, but for others, it's will I get picked? Am I just gonna be standing there and you know, nobody's gonna pick me? I, I have memories of that back in school when uh, I just, there's certain guys I remember, they would never get picked. And there was always that wonderful moment. I'm sure it was a real confidence boost for them when the teacher, the gym teacher, hey, who's taking Tommy? And you'd be, you know, Captain One's like, we don't want Tommy. He can go on that team. And then the other guys, we don't want Tommy. And then Tommy, you know, his, his uh, inadequacy, inadequacy put on display for all his peers to see gets, you know, forced onto a team. And thankfully, that's not how God works. That's not how he picks a team. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were, when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Do you feel inadequate? Do you feel like you don't have what it takes? Well, isn't that good news? Because when Captain Jesus is looking over the group and picking his team, I mean, look, he's, you know, I'm taking the foolish. <laughs> Give me the weak. Give me your lowly. You know, I take the despised, the things that are not. I love, I love picking those that feel uh, inadequate. And, you know, last weekend, Heather shared a quote. Uh, God doesn't call the qualified. Uh, he qualifies the called. And the truth is, in, in the eyes of God and the plan of God, every human being has been picked to be on his team. He has picked everyone. 
The issue is, and where the, the, work, the work goes on, is not everyone has said yes. Not everyone has joined his team. But when God is looking over people and, and picking people, he's not looking for the elite. He's, he really, he's just looking for someone to say yes. He's just looking for you and I to say, I don't think I have much to offer to the team, but Jesus, you're the captain, and if you're picking me, well then, well then I'm in. I mean, all through the Bible, look at the characters of the Bible. I mean, are they not over and over people who, they just say yes and they, and they you know, they, they, they just take on an attitude in their lives of put me in, coach. I'm not sure how much good I can do, but put me in. And what do you see all through the Bible? God does amazing things with very inadequate people. I mean, that, that, is, that is very good news. And, you know, when I think of our own lives, most times, the way that God shines through us, the way that, you know, that kingdom flow flows through you to other people. Uh, sometimes I think we, we're not aware of it, that we miss it, because the way that God works through you, it just seems so normal and natural to you. I think we miss it sometimes because it doesn't fit into the sort of churchy, you know, it doesn't seem spiritual, right? And, and here's what I mean. When I, when I talk about the distraction of ina- inadequacy, one of the reasons we feel that way for some of us, is because of the different models of evangelism, of reaching out to your community, the different models that we've seen or been taught. Right? I remember uh, as a teenager, I worked with this, this youth mission group, and we would go out door to door, knocking on doors, and, and they literally gave us a list of questions to basically manipulate the conversation and the goal was uh, uh, to bring the person that you're talking to, bring them to a place of admitting that they are a hell-bound sinner. And I'm like, you know, I remember doing that just thinking, I don't want to do this. I mean, it's just on so many levels, this just seems weird and wrong. And, and I mean, it's so, it's just not natural. And, and I think, you know, for many of us, we look at different methods and, and you, whether it's, again, taught or you, you see someone, whether it's street preaching or whatever, just whatever's coming to your mind right now and we look at that and we just go, that's just never, I'm never gonna do that. I'm like, no, that's not gonna happen. I, I will not say yes to that. And I think we, I think sometimes in the church we've done a, not intentionally, but we've really done a, a, a big disservice to the body. Because if we really are one body, with many different parts. I think one of the things that we've, that we've done wrong, one of the things that we've, a hurdle that we have, or a distraction uh, to, to connecting with our community is we've tried to ram all the parts of the body into just a few ways or methods. Does that make sense? It's like, whoa, that was a hearty yes, boy. They're gonna, let's march on the city then. No, but, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. but uh, <laughs> everyone grab a pitchfork. We're off to Rome. Okay, but, it, uh, but it's like we take every part of the body and we try to make every part a mouth. Or we try to make every part, you know, a hand or a foot or whatever it is, but that is not how God works. That's not his plan. I mean, think of the story of uh, David and Goliath. It's an awesome story, right? So the, the Israelite army, they're standing on a hill and they're looking across the valley at the uh, Philistine army and they're over there and then down in the middle there's this massive you know warrior Goliath they're, they're champion and Goliath is down there and he's yelling up at the Israelites he's saying hey like you know why let's not go to war let's not have unnecessary bloodshed why don't you send your champion down and him and I will duke it out and then winner, winner take all 
And so he's making that offer and, and if you're familiar with the story, uh, you know, there was no one on the Israelite side signed up for that. Nobody said yes. Nobody was brave enough until one day this young, scrawny shepherd boy shows up and David comes, you know, walking in and this is paraphrased obviously, but he, you know, he sees the, sees the situation and he just goes, oh, I'll do it. I'll go. And so they whisk him off to King Saul and, and this is where we'll take it up. First Samuel 17, it says, then Saul, King Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. And you know how the story goes. Here's David. You know, he's gonna go into this battle and, and they load him up with all this armor. And he's walking around going, this just isn't gonna work. Saul, this may work for you. And actually, if you know Saul's, it didn't really work for him either. But Saul, this may work for you, but it, this isn't me. So he had to take it off and he took up what was normal to him. He, just what a shepherd would do. He grabs a slingshot and some stones and, and, and he seemed to do very well. He did very well. God seemed to be able to use who David was and what he had to offer. And, and again, many of us cringe at the thought of connecting to our community because, and many of us feel unnecessarily inadequate because we are wearing armor that doesn't fit. You're going into the battle, so to speak, in, in, in a, with something on that you're like, you just, it's not you. You're not used to it. It doesn't feel right. And we need to lay down what works for others and take up, or I think for more of us, we need to discover. We need to connect with our purpose. We need to discover how God works through us, how God works through you. And, you know, again, David was just being David. I mean, you look at it. He's, he, he was just being who he was. So let me ask you a question. Who are you? In this whole context of, you know, uh, talking about the difference God has made in your life, sharing that difference, whether it's through words or actions, who, who are you? What, you know, what seems to come natural uh, to you? And I know for many of you, and this is definitely a category I fit in, some of you just love talking with people. I just love talking, to be honest, period. I could sit in a room by myself and, and talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's actually true, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll get prayer at the end, but, uh, but, uh, but many of you, you get energized by talking with people. And whether it's a neighbor, people at work, you just love to interact with people. And then there's some of you, you'd rather not talk with people, but boy, you love fixing things. You love stepping in. I mean, don't talk to me, but let me fix this. Some of you, uh, some of you are really good listeners. You'll notice at work or at school, you're the person people come to. You're a friend, you don't know it, but that's one of the ways that God shines through you. You are just a friend, and people feel safe with you, and people open, uh, open up with you, or you're, you know, or you're, <coughs> I know there's some people in our church, you get energized by connecting people together. When you can take that person and connect them to that person, knowing that that person's gonna help that person, that puts wind in your sails. You're a, you're a networker, not just on LinkedIn. I mean, you're a, a networker. You love to connect people with each other, or you know, I know some of you, you, you love to pray. And, and you, uh, you, know, you get energy, you get energized by praying for people, whether it's here 
or in, at Kroger, or some of you have a long prayer list, and you, you love it. It's, it. You just love sitting down and praying for person after person and situation after situation. So could it be that what seems natural and normal to you is the very way God has equipped you to connect with your community? Could it be that that simple thing that you just sort of go, well, uh, you don't really pay attention to because it doesn't seem spiritual. It doesn't seem churchy. Could it be that that's the very way that, that God, the kingdom of God is flowing through you to you know, all those people you bump into? And 1 Peter 4.10 says, uh, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So God has called us. He's picked everyone to be on his team and he has equipped us. He's equipped us. I look out, I mean, I just look at this room and I just think, it's just... Makes me wonder of all the gifts and all the abilities yet to be discovered in this room. But God has equipped us. But let's, let's keep moving here. Number two in your notes. Uh, number two is we give what we've received. We give what we've received. So another distraction to connecting with our community, and this may seem unrelated to number two, but it, it'll make sense in a bit here. Another distraction is emotional fatigue. Okay, emotional fatigue. And, and what I mean is that you know, for some of us, our compassion, our, our levels of empathy are, are really depleted. And I think one of the reasons that's true is, is that uh, we live at a time, we live in a culture where we are overwhelmed with information. And not just overwhelming our minds, overwhelming our, our emotions, overwhelming our, you know, our, if, our, our sense of empathy in the, to our, towards other people. And I mean, pay attention next time you... You scroll through, uh, you know, social media, or scroll through your Facebook news feed. I mean, it is an emotional roller coaster when you roll through there. So you know, you, you're going through there, and there's one that goes, "Hey, we had a baby. Hey, we had a baby. Woo! Hey, someone died. Ooh. Hey, I, I got a job. I'm so excited. I hate my job. Right? It's all this, you know, up and down, up and down. Or uh, hey, hey, someone's in the hospital. Hey, look, someone's on vacation." Or uh, there's, there's a political rant. Or there's a feel-good story. Or there's puppies and kittens. Or there's puppies and kittens. <laughs> or, or there's a funny, you know, humorous video. Or there's a live video of a natural disaster. There's a live video of someone getting run over by a car. And it's just up and down, up and down. It's this emotional roller coaster. Is it any wonder that by the time we actually get face-to-face -face with someone, we've got, like, no empathy for them. We're, like, we're, you know, like, our defenses are up. We're wore out, and, and you know, the thought of reaching out to another person, of, of getting to know them, of getting involved in their lives, just sounds exhausting to us because we're, our, our, our emotions are depleted. Let me just say this. If you're, and I know some of you, and I know for many of us, just living in this world, in this fast-paced, you know, inundated with information world, if you're a more sensitive person, I don't think it's just sensitive people, but I think some people get, you, as you go through the, your day, you get overwhelmed, right? You watch the news, you, whatever, Facebook, you, uh, you just being around people and just seeing people in need, just, just hearing a siren of an ambulance, of a fire truck, of a police car, for some people, it's just, it's like, 
by the end of the day, you're like, oh. I mean, can you relate to that? You're just, you're weighed down by the hurt in the world and by all the needs in the world. Well, I wanna uh, just give you just a practical thing to do, if that's you. You know, I think for many of us, the, the visual I get is as you go about your day, it's like there's a, every time you see a need or something, it's like a coat, a coat gets thrown over your shoulders. And there's a weight that just grows and grows and grows. And God has given us uh, an, a real simple but powerful way of getting rid of those coats, of, of you know, making an exchange of that, that weight on our shoulders. And, um, and, and, and that the gift he's given us is prayer. It's amazing to me that just through words that we can actually make exchanges with God. That just through words, we can unload that weight, those coats that come on our shoulders. Here's a, if you want to memorize a verse, here's a great verse to memorize. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, pray continually. Have you got it? I think I've got it. Pray continually. How do you unload the coats? You pray. You just talk to God. As you're going about your day and if, you know, if something, you know, you feel that weight come on you, you just give it to God. You literally, you take it off and you hang it up in his closet in his all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, sovereign closet. Because you and I weren't built to to walk around with that weight. You and I were not built, we're not wired to walk around in a state of constant overwhelmedness, if you will. We're not not, uh, built for that. God is built for that. God is the, the savior of the world. He can take it all on on his shoulders, we, uh, when it comes to connecting with our communities, we need to remember that he is the answer, that he is the source. He's the medicine that, uh, that every human being needs in God's plan, this kingdom flow, is that you and I would first receive, that it would flow in. And then, after receiving, like then we have something, then it would flow out of us. First uh, John four nineteen, another great verse to memorize. It says, we love because he first loved us. That's a great, that's a great reminder to roll around your mind. We love. This, this whole thing of connecting to your community, it doesn't start with, now pull up your socks. It starts with, let him, you know, he wants to fill you up with love for your, for your community and, and then to send you out. It's, 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 I think for many of us, one of the things that is a distraction, it's not just the emotional fatigue. I think for some of us, if you were honest, you would just say, I don't like people. You know, you would say, I, or I don't trust people. Maybe that's more accurate. I don't trust people. And, and uh, you know, whether it's you've been hurt, you've been burned, you shy away from connecting uh, to others. And again, what I love about God is God doesn't just look at us and say, no, just you know, get out there. You get out there and love people. But he says, no, you know, the, really the, the flow, the kingdom flow, God's plan is built on us not just knowing the plan. God's plan is first and foremost built on us knowing him and knowing his character and knowing his love and knowing how he feels when he looks at you, when he thinks about you. It's from that rich, filled up place that you're now able to go and love others. Look at this uh, painting, famous painting. Duke. Uh, it's called The Return of the Prodigal Son. It's, this is uh, by Rembrandt. It's, it, this is inspired by Luke 15, the story of the, of the prodigal son. And uh, just like the movie we're gonna watch on Wednesday. And 
this is, you know, if you're familiar with the story or, or if you're not familiar with the story, it's, it's, it's a story about what this picture is capturing. The, the, the guy on his knees with his back to us, that's the son. That's his youngest son who basically made a total mess of his life, squandered his father's wealth and just, just destroyed his own life. And that's the father. This is him coming home and he's repenting to his father. And that's the father reaching around and embracing his son and drawing him close. And I was once uh, in listening to a guy give a talk and he had this picture up and he said this. He said, the degree to which you've been the son in this picture will determine the degree to which you can now be the father to someone else. I mean, look at that picture, right? And just look at the picture as I read this. To the degree to, the degree to which you and I have been the son, to the degree of which we recognize, oh, forgive me. I've blown it. I've, I've, I've been such a fool. I've made stupid choice after stupid choice after stupid choice and I've just squandered everything you've given me. I've made a mess of everything. I've, I've, I've made a mess of my life. Oh, Father, will you forgive me? See, the degree to which we've been the son, the degree to which we've heard the Father say, son, daughter, I forgive you. I love you. I celebrate you. I celebrate your repentance. I celebrate your, your coming home, your return home. I fully restore you to your place in the family. I mean, look at that picture. It's, it's from that place of knowing that whatever you've done, that the Father loves you and embraces you. In, in that condition, I mean, he's stinky, mess, right? You know, that he embraced, it's in that place that we, that we now are able to turn and love others. And I think for some of us, you know, even looking at that picture, I think some of us were serving God out of a sense of duty, not out of a sense of flow. And I think for, for many of us, it's, you know, if, if you find in your life that you really have very little love, very little patience, uh, very little compassion or kindness towards other human beings, whether that's at home, at work, at school, or you know, just as you go about your life. I think for many of us, that is, is like a dashboard light flashing at you that maintenance is required. Maintenance is required. If you find that you just have very little to uh, you know, love towards others, it's, it's, it's a reminder, it's a, it's a dashboard warning light saying you've forgotten the way the Father feels about you. You've forgotten how much he loves you. And you know, if, if you're sitting there today and, you, and, and if you see yourself, if you're like, ooh, I, I think that's me. You know, God's heart towards you today is not to condemn you. That's God's heart towards you today. It's to say, that's awesome. I, if you recognize it, awesome. Now come to me. Come to me and let me love you. Let me remind you of what I think about. Let, let me remind you that before you do anything I've told you to do, this is the first thing you need to do. You need to come to me. You need to connect with me before and, and, and in order to connect to your community. So let's end off with this. Number three, very simply, number three is getting in the game. And, excuse uh, <coughs> there's a story in the Bible that uh, uh, demonstrates how God gets someone in the game, this man, and he helps this guy connect with his community. And it's a, it's a bizarre story. It's a wonderful story. But uh, it's a story about the man of the tombs. And you may, that may stir some memories. But it's a story about a man who, whose life was a mess, who uh, was 
totally harassed by demons. I mean, this guy literally lived in a graveyard. He was naked, running around. It said that he would cut himself with rocks. He would, rah, he would scream out. I mean, he was crazy with a capital C, all caps. And, and like he was so shunned by people, they would actually try to, you know, confine him and chain him up and he would break chains. I mean, this guy is is, is uh, like a poster child for the, for the devil. But then Jesus shows up. Jesus comes into that dark, hopeless situation and, uh, and he delivers him from the demons, from the power that this, these evil forces had over his life. Jesus sets him free, radically heals him, radically uh, changes his life. And then the story goes like this. Mark 5, 18, it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, he was gonna leave now, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. I mean, this is encouraging in the sense of look at the people Jesus chooses to be on his team. I mean, I, like I'm looking at that. If I was one of the disciples, I would have put my hand up and said, hey, Jesus, you sure you want to put him in the game now? I mean, yes, he's dressed and that's a good step. But I mean, shouldn't we like, shouldn't he get, be discipled a little bit? Shouldn't we at least get him a Bible? Shouldn't, uh, you know, shouldn't he go through a couple of our equipped classes before, you, you know, you put him in the game, coach Jesus? And, and what we see in this story is like, what does it take? What does it, what does it take for for us to get into the game. Well, what did it take for this guy? I mean, Jesus clearly gave him marching orders. When he said, go, here's what I want you to do, friend. I want you to go to your people. Go to your community and just tell them what I've done for you. And off he goes. And in a sense, he was sent off to his people, to his home, and he became the rep, the Jesus rep, if you will, for that area. So how do we get in the game? Well, it's, it's the same for us. Jesus says to us the exact same thing that he said to this man in this story. He says, uh, the coach says, uh, go, I'm sending you. I'm sending you home to your people. I'm sending you to your community. So how do we get in the game? Just like the guy in the story, we just, we say yes. Okay, we say yes. And, and we, we, we embrace the responsibility of being a rep in our area, in our community. And we, and, and, and I hope this makes sense, because, uh, and we take on a healthy responsibility for that community. Does that make sense? And, and, and remembering, always re remembering that Jesus is the answer, Jesus is the source, but it's recognizing that that community, those people that you bump into on a regular basis, God has entrusted them to you. They're in your area. So first of all, we need to say yes. Then the second thing is we start praying for them. We start praying for the people in our area. We start praying for the people that we bump into on a regular basis. Just start praying blessing over them. If you, you, know, if you don't know if they know Jesus yet, you, you start praying for them. Well, Jesus, I pray that you'd stir a hunger in his or her heart. Just stir a hunger in their heart for you. That, that, you know, stir something up in them that, that they'd want to get to know you more. So you say yes, you start praying, and then you engage with them. Then you engage with your community. And I don't mean then you start leaving tracks at their desk at work, right? Yeah, that's not what I mean. 
What I mean is you start engaging them through those ways, through that, the ways that you know, God shines through you. Maybe it is baking them some cookies. Maybe, or you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just being a human being, befriending another human being. It's just going, going and start talking to them. Start connecting with them. Uh, and, and as God creates an opportunity, you being you, you share the difference being connected to God, to the church, to a sense of purpose. You share the difference that's made in your life. You just use your own words and you just share your own, your own story. So you say yes, you pray, you engage. And as you do those things, then you observe. And what I mean is you observe, who does it seem in your community that God is working on? Meaning, have you noticed with, you know, who is it in your neighborhood or at work that is starting to open up with you a little bit more? And they're sharing a bit of struggles in their marriage, in their family, their health. Or they're, you know, they're starting to ask you questions about your faith, starting to ask you questions about this church thing that you do. Right? You observe that. And then, yes, pray, engage, observe. And then if they don't go to a church already, then you invite them. You invite them. Well, you want to come check out our church come see what we do and 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 just you know have that experience and and I want to uh, tell you before Easter remember we had this sort of ramp up to Easter we had those little had you inviting people we had over, almost 1100 people here over our Easter weekend that's counting pets but uh no it's not counting pets Woo! but you know and it's exciting and I numbers are I like when things are you know when, when I like numbers and I get excited over numbers but I get way more excited to think of all the first time people coming into this building uh, being exposed to you to Christian community to this just this wonderful group of people to the church I get excited about all these people coming through our doors uh, being exposed to Jesus being exposed to the story of Jesus and, and his invitation to every human being. And so uh, we want to, this whole thing of inviting, we want to make that part of the culture of, of our church. And you may, uh, you may or may not have noticed on the way in today at all, almost all our exits, all the entrance, all the doors, <laughs> I guess the page of you're coming in or going out, right? Uh, we have mounted boxes. There's boxes by these doors, and as you leave today, you're going to see those boxes are full of these little packs. Remember the packs we had for Easter? Well, these have, each pack has six uh, VCDC invite cards. So they're called six packs. <laughs> now some of you woke up. What? What are we talking about? They're called six packs. And a phrase that you're going to hear over and over and over as we end off our time, as we've connected to God, as we've connected with, you know, as we've just, all that we do when we gather together, a phrase that you're gonna hear over and over is, hey church, on your way out, grab a six pack. <laughs> I could say so many things right now, but on your way out, grab, some of you guys are like, okay, well, I'll stop there. But uh, on your way out, grab a six pack, and as God leads you, invite someone. Invite someone to church because again we don't want to be a church where the flow is just inward we don't want to be stagnant right we want to be we want to be healthy that means we want to be a church where the kingdom flow is just flowing in us and through us i remember remember for some of you years ago robbie dawkins was here and and, and had a prophetic word for our church and someone reminded me of this last night that he, he said he just saw God pouring water, water just filling up this whole building. 
And he said, but, and then the doors were like shaking and boom, it just opened up and all this water just went roaring out into the community. That's a picture of what God wants to do. And the crazy thing is that he wants to do it through us. He wants that flow, that kingdom flow to, throw, to flow into you and through you to that community, to those people in your life. So why don't we stand up? <clears throat> all right. Okay. So Naomi's going to lead us in a song. And... Uh, I have asked some folks, and I don't know, I'm looking for them here. I've asked uh, just to pray and ask God for words. And what I mean is, oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Come on up, my lady. So, uh, come on up. So I just asked them, I said, during worship, during um, the talk, yes, listen to my talk, but ask God, is there any is there any physical condition or is there something that you want to point out to me that you want to focus on today? So, uh, uh, Olivia, you want to go first? So they're going to share that with you now. Um, what I got wasn't a physical condition, but I got a couple pictures. The first was of a big bus, one that takes a lot of people on cross-country trips. And then I, a few minutes later, I got a picture of just a sea of people worshiping. They had their hands raised they weren't distracted. They were looking straight to Jesus. And I felt the Lord giving us an invitation saying, come jump on the bus that's going straight to me for time with me, worship with me. And it could be that you feel like you don't have that time with him or that you've really been wanting that time with him, just that participation with what he's doing. Thank you. Often, Don, you want to? Thanks, Olivia. Good morning. Um, so I, I was, I wanted it to be something different. I wanted a very specific thing for myself, for my husband. But what I kept hearing was chronic fatigue, an overwhelming sense of being tired. And you talked about emotional fatigue, but a physical feeling of being tired, not able to do your your daily stuff without being physically tired. Awesome. Great. Matt, go for it. Excuse me, I'm nervous. <laughs> um, I didn't have anything in particular, and as Michael was speaking this morning, um, I feel that we all are called, but we're all afraid. Um, I don't remember the name of the group that sings this, but it says all come to the table, um, sinners, thieves, liars. Um, and I kind of fill that category. Um, I heard something the other day on the radio, and I shared this with our small group. Satan says, go ahead, do it. God will forgive you. After you do it, Satan says, God will never forgive you for that. And that's a lie. Hmm. Awesome, okay. Go for it, Rebecca, yep. When Michael was uh, uh, teaching earlier and he was talking about God wants us to be us, he wants to use us, I just felt there was a, a wave of God wanting to bless creative ways to help you find out who you are 
and how you can do this. I really feel like if you will come forward and get prayer, God wants to do something today to help you remember that you will actually remember that there's the, the floodgates are opening up. He wants you to see who you are. He wants to bless who you are. For some of you, I don't want to get too long. I'm sorry, Michael. There's been a real curse, in a sense, a real negative aspect to your creativity, to who you are. And wow, does God want that to go away? He so wants that to go away. Please come forward. I just think you're going to get something good. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Okay. Whoops. Hey, and I also had, uh, I just want to add one more thing to the, or two, two things to the list. One is, I feel like for some of you, I kept having the, uh, 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 Isaiah 6. If, uh, you can go home and read it later today, but Isaiah 6, basically Isaiah, the prophet, has this interaction with God, and God's looking, and he says, whom shall I send? And Isaiah's response is, here I am, send me. And I think for some of you, that's, God is, is looking at you saying, who, who am I going to send? Who am I going to send to do this work uh, in the world? And, and, I, and I believe his, he wants, you know, he's looking for that response of here I am, send me. And then the last one was just, if you're here today and you, you know, we're, if you're sort of checking out Christianity, if you're, you know, just learning about Jesus, I, I feel like there's some people here today that God is, uh, he's inviting you to connect with him. If you would say, I, you know, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I went to church as a kid. or I don't really know if I'm connected with God. Well, we, I would love you to come forward and have someone pray with you and just talk that through a little bit and, and they'd pray with you. So uh, hopefully you can remember all the, oh. <laughs> anyway, just line up. Just line up around that. No, go for it, JT. Fresh back from Brazil. Woohoo! Thanks. Hey, I don't know exactly what this means, but I'm going to just share it. Um, I felt like God said that there's some people here who are afraid to step out um, into their communities because of things in their past, and I feel like the Lord is saying, um, if that's you, you'll know what that means, even though I don't. So. Awesome. Okay, so Naomi's going to lead us in a song. If any of those are you, come on up. Someone will pray with you, guys for guys, gals for gals, uh, uh, and then I'll come on up in a bit and end the service. So come on up for prayer. So let all things rise and bless your name. All things may run and new again. Oh Lord our God, your goodness is free and balance is reaching endless. Come the whole world's story. 
kingdom flow that's going on in this room right now. Hmm, Lord, I, I just have a verse come to my mind. I think it's Hebrews 11, 6, I think, that uh, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he, uh, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And I pray that you would uh, just stir up in us a greater expectation of your kingdom flow in us and through us. That you're not a passive God. You're not a distant God. But like the father in the picture, you're a father who's with his children, who's engaged with his children, who speaks to his children, who works through his children. And I pray this week as we get back into our communities, I, I pray that there'd be a a reminder and just a sense of being sent. Lord, help us to, I pray that we would have more of your heart for our families, our friends, our neighbors, the people we work with, the people we go to school with, those familiar faces, Lord. Give us more of your heart for them. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for you. What a, what a joy it is to belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen.